Boy, can I help you? Listen up. I'm bringing you the best content to ever exist in the door-to-door industry from sales, leadership, recruiting, and personal development. Well, why would I need that? Because never before have we been able to collaborate with the top experts in their industries, sharing their secrets and techniques on what makes them the best. Wait, who, who are you? I'm your host, Sam Taggart, creator of the DDD Experts and DDDCon. Is there a place we can sit down? Well, come on in. We are excited to announce Jordan Belfort, the real Wolf of Wall Street, at D2DCon 2019, January 10th through 12th in Salt Lake City. Register today at d2dcon.com. Come as a team, learn as a team, leave as a team. All right, everybody, I'm Sam Taggart. Uh, I'm here with Brandon Brown, and he is the number one Cutco rep in the world, basically. He is the, he is the shiz. I mean, how many Cutco people are there? Uh, thousands. Thousands. Yeah. I mean, they're probably one of the largest direct sales companies out there, right? I would say so, yeah. Um, so thousands and thousands of reps every year come and go, these different college programs, to show programs, to are you talking about military things you do? Everything. Everything. Realtor. Realtor programs. Yeah, business the, skills. Sold more knives last year, the year before, the year before, <laughs> three years in a row, more knives than anyone else in the world. So that's why I have him on the show. So that that's that's impressive. He has the national record for most knives sold in a month um, ever in history, which is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's broken multiple national records and has really just elevated the bar to a whole new standard in direct sales for Cutco, Absolutely. which is awesome. So in this podcast, if you're listening, we're going to dive into the, the sales psychology, the meats, the bones, the, the simple like just tips of like, hey, I'm, I'll play customer. We're going to banter back and forth. We're, you know, if you're on live, you can put in some co- comments, questions and whatnot. Yeah. And we're going to just dive into like the psychology of overcoming people's concerns. Because how many times are you at a show or in a house and they're like, these knives are really expensive. Right. Let me think about it. Yep. And it's like, how do you lock them down? How do you create the urgency? How do you, you know, just all that kind of stuff we're going to dive into. So if you're listening to this, that is what this podcast is about. So but before we start that, I want to hear a little bit more about your story, how you got into this. Uh, yeah, what's, what's the journey? Tell me a little bit on that. Yeah, so I've been selling Cutco for almost 11 years now, and I started when I was going into my freshman year in college, and so I, was, I just turned 18, had no sales experience whatsoever, um, only had like one job as a cashier and didn't know what I was doing, and that's just a testament to like the culture of Cutco and the training that they have, platforms they have in place, and so... Um, essentially started and worked my way through college. Um, I would consider myself like above average when I was in school selling Cutco, won some like scholarships the company had, Um, was really just a student of the business, like wanted to learn from the best, figure out how I could like continually like up level my skill set while going to school and getting my degree. Um, Graduated and at that point I had one of my best years ever the year I graduated I ended up leaving Cutco for a little bit just to explore some other options. To go get a real job. Real job. That's what yeah. everybody says. I mean, it's so funny. You do. I'm gonna do this direct sales thing until I get a real job. So you went on that journey. And yeah. Then what happened? Okay. Well, yeah, because they're like, Brandon, you have a degree now. Yeah. Why would you work for the same company that you could work for without a degree? And, you know, that was like what they would continually tell me, and so obviously it was coming from like a good place. But you know, I was like, all right, let me go explore, and so worked with like my friend's startup company and just found out like what I liked and what I didn't like about other things that were out in the real world, so to speak. And so I um, came back to Cutco a couple years later and just essentially had that real world experience, was able to see what else was out there. And that really gave a lot more appreciation and value to like the community of Cutco, the culture Cutco has, um, and just like what a great product it represents. And so um been with them since that time i came back and just hit the ground running and really wanted to start running uh like selling cutco running it like my actual business versus like just a part-time gig and so that's when i really like shifted gears and started really like making leaps and bounds um in uh, personal growth and in my uh, business as far as like growth and percentage so so i'm sure 11 years ago, it sounds like you weren't going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be a knife salesman when I grow up. I mean, it's so funny because that's yeah. like everybody like following or listening to this. 
I, I want to hear if you're, you know, if that applies to you, get like, like this. Cause I, I, it's like, it's like, I, I, I look back and I'm like, oh, I'll do this through college. You know, it sounds yeah. like the same thing. Yeah. And I get my degree. Yeah. I didn't finish. I was like, man, why am I doing college? Um, cause I didn't want to go and get my degree and then be like, why am I not using my degree? And I felt like, I felt like guilty. So that right. was like my logic. Yeah. But no, it's cool though. Like, so I'm sure there's a lot of times where people ask you, so what do you do? And how do you respond to that? You know, that's, it's interesting that you say that because I had the hardest time with that for like a really long time. I like, wanted to try to spin it in a way that made it sound cool or sound prestigious. And then I just got to the point where I was like, like reflecting on my like life. Like at this point, like I had, you know, made a lot of connections and knew a lot of other people that had real jobs and just like got to see like what they liked and disliked. And I just came to the point where I was like, I represent an awesome product um, that's been around for a really long time. It's an awesome company. I love the people that I work with and I do really well, like from a financial perspective also. And so it's just like, I don't really care what anybody else thinks. So as soon as I like had that mental shift of like, I don't care what people think. People ask me, it's like, what do you do? It's like, I sell knives and I could care less like what they think. Cause I know like I love what I do. I have the control and flexibility of the schedule that I want and I'm representing a great product and have great people that are behind the scenes and then that are in the field with me. And, you know, it's hard to find that, you know, as I'm sure you've discovered and, it's you know, so true. Process. Cause you go ask somebody that has a real job, right? Yeah. And you say, well, what do you do? And they're like, why well, sell medical devices? So let me ask you, do you sell a great product you can get behind with a great company and culture and well, that's what I do. How I do it, how you do it, well, different. What your product and service is, different. But yeah. like, let's just respect each other. So I, I love it. And yeah. I think the more yeah. and more people can own that and just click and say, like at D2DCon, it was, you know, we did this thing where I was like, guys, like, put on your shirt, it says, I knock doors. And it was just like, we just pound our chest and we go, I knock doors. I'm a professional freaking door knocker. I'm yeah. a professional person that calls, shows up to your house and says, these are some fancy knives that are way better than current knives you got. Must go. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't matter what company you represent. It's like you all, we're all kind of doing the same thing and we're all, yeah. and I love what you're doing. Like this whole like movement that you have. Cause like it's, it just gets behind like this concept of like overall growth and like helping others and like here to serve the community versus like, how can I always get a competitive edge? And that's what I like about Cutco too, is like everyone's always sharing the goods regardless of how good they are or how high up they are in the company. And that's awesome because it makes it way easier for people who are just starting or who've only been around for a little bit, like short period of time to dramatically increase their learning curve. And that's what helped me a lot when I was newer. And so like to be able to give back and to be able to do that and see that for other people and change their lives is, is, is awesome. And then as a collective, you know, we are all like trying to figure out ways to improve and to grow. And that's just great for everybody. More people get a, a great product. We make, you know, do better financially and it just helps the overall community and we can apply that to our personal lives too. So hundred percent. Yeah. So before we dive into the psychology of closing and objections and stuff like this, something that I, I want you to highlight that a lot of people, we kind like a lot of the following, you know, solar pest control, alarm, satellite, we all come from different cultures. Mm -hmm. And since I've gotten to know you and, you know, a lot of these Cutco guys, I'm like, they have probably one of the best cultures from a sales organization. Yeah. So what do you, I just want to hear some of the main points from Cutco as a culture and a company that you've loved and been, you know, respected and just said, wow, I love how they do X, Y, Z from a cultural standpoint that you can maybe shed some perspective mm -hmm. in some of these other industries. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things. The first few things that just come to mind off the top of my head is one, like from an executive standpoint, they've always put the representatives first in a lot of different ways. And so they're always there to like make sure that we're doing well and trying to give us as much support as possible. Um, and so I love that. I mean, that's hard to, to come by for a larger organization. And I would say two is like the community itself. Like, as I mentioned earlier, we're all very open. We're not like a closed book where it's like, oh, this is my nugget. I'm not going to tell anybody and it's going to give me a competitive advantage. Instead of doing that, it's like, here, I'm going to share this. I just learned it two weeks ago accidentally, but I'm going to share this with everybody so that you guys can do well. 
Because you probably watched this. And, and when he says that, I'm going to shed a little bit more light into this because I know what you're saying behind that. Yeah. Cutco has evolved tremendously over the last 11 years. I'm assuming sure. how they've entered in the market, right? Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, this guy says, I'm going to go to realtors and I'm going to figure out how to do a gifting program for realtors. Yep. And all of a sudden, how many people do that now? Oh, I don't even know, but it's 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 a huge like thirty. I mean, I mean I'm gonna guess, but thirty plus million at that like division alone. Just a division breaks yeah. off because one dude's like, cool. Everybody should be doing this yeah. for realtors. Yeah. And then you got the show program. People are like, wow. And then now you said a military thing. Who mm-hmm. tapped into that? I mean, that's probably pretty recent, right? Yeah, that's only been around for a couple of years. So what's interesting is the trend is that a lot of these like legs of the company have been founded really from representatives in the field yeah. who like are like, hey, I want to try this new thing. I think it could really work. And, you know, going back and forth. And then before you know it, it's like it's a full on like program. And that's just been the case for, you know, as long as I've been around and even before I have been. So they've just been taking a lot of steps in that direction, which has been huge just for the overall like growth and also just the opportunity yeah. where instead of everyone being funneled into like, just fairs and shows, let's say, now they can choose based on the type of lifestyle they want, what they enjoy doing, Um, you know, they can go business gifts, you know, whatever it might be, like in-home demonstrations, you know, you name it. And that's, that's great, like, to have all those options. That's so cool. So most of your stuff comes from fairs and shows, and yeah, kind of how do you be number one? Like, where you found, okay, my niche is XYZ, what's your niche? Yeah, like, what I enjoy doing, and I would say, like, that is aligned with like my gifts would be like fairs and shows. Um, I'm in the millet federal program, which has a similar derivative <clears throat> of fairs and shows. Um, I still have like in-home appointments um, and then I have my whole customer base. And so from there, like, you know, I'm getting phone orders, marketing, uh, past customer business that way. And so that's like another channel. And then um, business gifts is something that I'm starting to get into. And I think one piece, and I want to talk on this for a second. So I think just learning and getting to know you guys and the top performers, how well you've done your reorders, upsells, customer base. Mm -hmm. Because like for us, it's like knock it, sell it, never talk to them again, see it. Yeah. Right. And it's so crazy. That is how we live. Right. And I think probably initially Cutco was like that. I bet you, I mean, that's just... Back in the day, we only knocked doors. Yeah. I was like, I I know people, I'll see them at a show, they're like, I bought my Cutco 35 years ago. How'd you get introduced to it? Someone randomly knocked on my door. And so we've kind of evolved for our product a little differently, but yeah. But, and, and there was probably no follow-up, upsell, sharpenings. Uh I mean, I mean, I had a guy call me, he's like, do you need your knife sharpened? I'm like... What's in it for you, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like, totally. you know there's another edge to this, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think we, I love the creativity and the and the uniqueness that Cutco has adapted to generate more revenue. Mm-hmm. And it's given, like you said, more opportunity because guys will get burnt out in one avenue and then they go to the Costco program or they'll go yeah, to the, this program, program. Yep. and they go to the, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's cool. Like that they've, they've kept a longevity of salespeople due to innovating their channels. Yep. But I want to talk on the follow-up. You have a customer base that buys knives. How many more people are like, great, I'm going to get more knives, right? Like, <laughs> have you seen me, my big Exactly, you got a fat block right there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so tell me your follow-up process to continue to maintain your customer base. Like, how have you automated that? How have you built team around managing a customer base and what's come of that? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and the first thing that comes to my mind, and I would say is the most important is my follow up. Um, I mean, I have a, an amazing like marketing team that does it for actually a lot of the top end reps in the Cutco community, uh, Vast Action. And so they're, they're amazing and they've revolutionized my personal business. But the I think one of the things that they really embody and thus I've embodied, which is really serving the customer. Like what does the customer want? They don't want a sale email every week, uh, maybe probably not even every month. So it's all like anytime I have any form of touch, whether that's like, you know, a phone call, a postcard, um, a text message, an email of sorts, um, some type of marketing, like it's always value add. It's like, Hey, come check out the show. You know, there's a really cool lemon festival that's taking place where you can like check out all the fun like vendors there and it and swing by and say hi. 
Like that's it. That's it. Right. Or it'll be, hey, let me show you like these top three awesome recipes, you know, for the month of March that has to do with like um, St. Patrick's Day or whatever. Like, you know, try this with this beer. Um, and so there's just constant like value add, how to use these knives. What is this knife for educational, like to re-engage them with what they currently have. Cause sometimes they'll have a big block, but there's like a percentage of the knives that just kind of sit there. So like how to reinvigorate like the knives they do have. My, my favorite knife is that sledgehammer one. What's it called? The Culver or something? The Cleaver. Like the Cleaver. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I literally took a watermelon. <laughs> It's freaking ninja, like that ninja, shit. right? Ninja, yeah. the shit out of that thing. <laughs> anyway, sorry, side no, that's good. But I had to keep going. Yeah, so you don't know. No, that's basically what it is. Is like, how can I add value to my customer? Um, and then, you know, a couple times throughout the year or during big contests, you know, I'll throw out some type of sale promotion. And so people are a lot more receptive to that, and they're going to look and read more of my email and content from marketing because most of it's not sales. Like they know I'm in sales. So anything I sell them, they know they could call me and they want to buy. So having as little of that as possible um, really builds a stronger relationship with the customer, even if I'm not physically on the phone with them. And secondary, when I do want to have a sale, you know, they're more open to hearing what it is. And also the third thing I would say is like top of mind awareness, right? Like I can't tell you how many times I've had customers who like, I wouldn't, Sam, I, I'll sell one knife to somebody like five, six, seven years ago. One knife, that's it. And they're on my marketing schedule. Haven't heard you from them. You plugged them into an automated Yeah, thing. it's all plug and play, right? Haven't heard from them in like seven plus years. And literally I'll get a phone call out of the blue. Hey, my daughter's getting married. I'm looking to get a set. And like all they have is like one piece of cutco. It's like a hundred bucks. And then boom, like thousand, two thousand dollar order out of nowhere. And it's like, you know, who would have thought seven years of marketing would play into that? But it's just amazing. Like I've even had customers who sometimes will like, you know, in sales, you ha have like, you know, you get canceled orders every once in a while. So I had a customer who like canceled an order with me. I still put her information in my marketing and she's like, you do great marketing. I want to swing by like a sharpening event. Um, and I'm like, okay. And so I pulled up her account. She has no knives. She doesn't even have knives. I see that it's like, it was like never even shipped. I was like, that's weird. Comes and like places a thousand dollar order, for, you know, with me. And that was just from like doing the due diligence. And she's like, I'm so surprised that you followed up with me and you do such great follow-up when I like was the one that canceled. And that was just cause I got cold feet, but it was nothing against the product. I was just like a little scared at the time. But now like with this marketing that you're doing, like in that top of mind awareness, like came to an event, spent a thousand bucks. And that That's would have awesome. never been created otherwise. You know, what's funny is, so how much of that does Cutco pay for? None of it. That's important to know. Yeah. Because you know how many salespeople out there think, well, Vivint or Dish or whoever, you know, they should do that for me. Well, guess what? If they do it, they're taking the sale. Right. And, and you know how many times? You know how many times? I literally have gotten a phone call from my company saying, hey, your customer called in and, and oh, oh man, I could count. I mean, no, never. I've never gotten a phone call. Hey, you had a referral call in and uh, and they want to get it. You should stop by their house. No, they freaking closed the deal. They <laughs> just say, never tell me about it. It's yeah. Like, and and my, well, my response would be to, for those that are going to be listening to this now or later is, you know, being in sales, like you get a pretty good commission rip, like utilize a small percentage of that and it'll pay dividends. Like don't, you know, instead of the reverse like mindset of like, oh, I'm just gonna, I want the company to pay for it. Like spend a little bit of your own money, but you'll get that back tenfold easily. And you'll get like loyal followings just from having that value add and you'll get referrals, you'll get people who want to buy more, second home, like yeah, whatever exactly. it is. Yeah. Oh, I have a business. I might as well use my alarm guy that keeps sending me stuff. Or right. I have a, you know, a cousin that needs, just got broken into. Or I have a, I just moved and I need solar on this house. Or, you know what I mean? I just think, I think I wanted to touch on this because I think there's very, very few people that have done it as good as you and some of the other top Cutco people I've met. And so now we'll dive into this. So if you haven't learned something already, we're not doing this right. Uh, we got some people on here. What's up? Um, okay, so um, let's do this. Let's dive into closing or objections, right? Okay. So first off, 
I'll be customer through this whole thing, and I, right. I want you to think through, okay, I'm in a Cutco sale, and I'm going to give you some common objections, but I want to talk more so like what you're thinking as a behind sales it. reps, what's behind it. Yeah, right? I can do that. So I'm telling you, oh, I've got cold feet. Well, I'm saying, hey, this all sounds really good. They're a great product. They're great knives, but it's just really expensive, and I don't know if I'm ready to make that decision or commit mm -hmm. now. So like if a representative like came to me and was like, Hey, this is the objection I got, right? Like customers seemed really into the knives, but it's really expensive. Right. And I'm not sure if I'm really ready to commit to that. Like before we go into like even the response, cause the response not, isn't even that important. Write that down. <laughs> it's not about the response. It's about being able to understand the customer and be able to put yourself in the customer's shoe and understand where they're coming from. If, Oh my gosh. Like, I'm so passionate about this because if you can't do that, really, what are you doing? You're just re regurgitating a script. And if you have no belief in the script or no reason why you're even saying what you're saying, then it's not going to work nearly as effective. Might as well sing when Mary had a little lamb. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it yeah. doesn't matter what you're saying to that point. I was just uh, teaching this to some of my mentees and I was just telling them, like, I've had people come to me and say, well, I've heard that before. I say exactly what you say. It's like, okay, then why am I selling more? Like, it's not the words, right? It's because I understand why I'm saying it. I understand like the intention behind it. And when you have that, you can execute on when to say it. And, and the, what tone to use. Right, what, and what tone to use. And how like, fast and how, what, yeah. how you want the customer to feel yes. by that statement or by that question. And only until you fully master that, and that's like from years of like just committing to understanding that and practicing and learning that, can you really like start to even find new heights to up level. And I find like that was, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of super talented people listening to this who might be top dogs in their company, but that's like the next level is to like be able to really understand like what is the customer really saying by that. So like circling back to what you were saying, if they're like, oh, it's too expensive, I'm not really sure if I wanna like place the purchase. All that really tells me is that there's not, there hasn't been enough value built, right, in the product and or there's not enough pain associated with what they currently have. And if there's no pain associated with what they currently have, right, that's like, that's the fuel that gets them to like make a purchase is like when you remind them about how bad it is when they're like cutting a tomato and it's like getting squashed and it's like making salsa. That's what sold me. Right, exactly. And so like walking them through that experience of like how painful it is, right? That's the emotion. And then as you know, there's like the logical side. Like when it, I'm trying to cut a penny and I can't cut it with my normal scissors <laughs> and it's like, I'm just kidding. Yeah, cause that happens all the time, right? Exactly. I'm sorry, keep going. No, no, you're good. Um, and then, you know, the logical side is explaining to them like, Hey Sam, like I totally understand it's expensive, but what else can you spend a thousand dollars on that you're going to use every single day for the rest of your life? And like that question alone, like I use like clockwork because it's, there's literally nothing like that they'll have yeah, for the rest of their life alone, let alone use every single day. Um, and so that's a good line. Yeah. I mean, even for the best of the best of products out there, there's so few. And so from that perspective, it's like, cool, like all of a sudden a thousand dollars doesn't seem like a lot. And I'll tell them like, Hey Sam, you're going to probably spend a thousand dollars on something else or on several other things, but those are all like consumables, things that aren't going to necessarily last long. So knowing that you're going to spend that money either way, wouldn't it make more spent more sense to invest it into something that's going to have a better return on your investment, especially when you're using them daily for your family and it's making your life more enjoyable, you know? And so, you kind of go through that process. So how, so what are some good questions you do to create pain in a situation? So like you can tell, it's like obviously they don't see enough pain. Let's talk on pain for a second too, because you know, a lot of times, like you did that whole tomato thing, but like, do you have a couple other good questions that you help them kind of come back to? Let's create some more pain. Yeah. So I try to incorporate it. Like, obviously this is to Cutco specific, yeah, but I try to, um, I try to incorporate it throughout the whole like conversation throughout the whole demo is like bringing up pain points or trying to find, you know, pain points, um, with them. And so a lot of times I'll like, I think a big part of creating a sale is educating yourself on the situation for the customer. Like 
the more questions you ask, the more you can learn about your, your customer, so to speak, the better you can serve them because every customer is different. And so getting to know like how long have they had the knives and what has been their experience with their current knives. And if, it, if they've been struggling with them to any extent or a knife broke or if it rusted, like I really leveraged that. Like, tell me about that time when that knife broke. Oh my gosh, like I found the piece of metal like in my food. It's like, oh yeah, that's super scary. You have kids, right? Like, you know, you, you play on, on the emotion and the pain of it. I love the I love the starter to a question. It's not even a question. It's a tell me about or tell me about yeah. the time or tell me about the situation. And it's, it's how you start this like pain tunnel a lot of times is, well, tell me more about that. Tell me about that time. Mm -hmm. And it helps them bring that five years ago to the present. Therefore, they start to feel the emotion they had back five years ago. Yeah. And that's creating this emotion. Yeah. And, and the other thing I'll just kind of touch on, because regardless of what the product is, there's also other companies, there's other like you know, kitchen companies, knife companies that have really good products that are great quality and I'll never bash them, obviously, first and foremost, that's like basic rule. Um, and if they say like, oh, I have Ustock, like Germanized, like a lot of, you know, German knife customers are very prideful. Like I got Henkels, I got Ustock. I'm like, oh, that's great. You're actually gonna love Cutco because you appreciate quality. And like, that's my like tie-in and they're not expecting like a sales rep from the other side of another company to say something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, the t it's like whatever they say is the reason why they should check it out, is the reason why they should buy. And you could do that with a lot of objections. Oh, yeah. So I give you the objection like, well, it's too expensive. Use that same reasoning mm -hmm. on just turning it to the reason why. So if I said, hey, it's too expensive, how would you respond? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if they say it's too expensive, you can say, if you feel like it's too expensive, that's probably one of the reasons why you should invest in Cutco. There you go. Because X, Y, Z. And so if I say, hey, you know, oh, I've liked this for a long time. I just, you know, I just don't know if it's worth having, you know, all these knives. Like, you know, can I just buy one? Mm -hmm. and, and what would you say? So there's a couple ways you can go about that. And that's each to the representative of what they feel comfortable. And it also depends, you know, you have to kind of put your finger on the pulse of like how much control you have of the situation or if it's what kind of client you're working with. But um, one of two things I'll say, if I want to like get them off getting one piece and on to like some type of set, I'll use some type of analogy. Like analogies work like a charm because they can understand it. So like with Cutco and, oh, I want to get one piece. I'll first agree with them. And that totally like throws them off. Be like, Sam, you can definitely get one piece if you want. I mean, here's the thing, Cutco's super sharp. So even if you got one piece of Cutco, it's gonna be way better than anything else that you have. Dude, I use my freaking, sorry, Ted. What's that, like the- <laughs> Spatula. Spatula? Yeah. To cut things more yeah. than a normal knife. Oh, it's amazing. It's so, no, you're good. But you're right, I mean, it's just like, they're sharper, they're better, I mean, and so, so you agree, and then what do you do? So I'll tell them that, so that what that does is like lower the barrier, right? Of anything, of, instead of being combative, Right. I'm agreeing with them. I'm getting on the same page as them. But then from there, I'll just explain to them like, but here's the reality, Sam. And I'll even go further. I'll say, and because Cutco has such a great warranty, even if it doles, you know, send it back, they'll give you a new one. So you could go that route. But buying Cutco and getting knives is similar like shoes, right? You only really need one pair of shoes, but we all have more. Why? Because if you go to the beach, you want sandals. If you go to the gym, you want workout shoes. If you're going to a nice dinner, you want dress shoes. And depending on the type of outfit you have, you want to match that with the pair of shoes you have. So everyone has five, 10, 15, 20 plus pairs of shoes. So in reality, you each pair of shoes has a specific purpose, mm. but you only need one, right? Same with the knives. So having a set of knives, right? What that does, a block set, Sam, is it helps distribute the usage of each piece. So you're not using the same knife over and over again. And what you're gonna find, Sam, is that it's gonna make it a lot easier when you're in the kitchen because you're gonna have the right tool for the right job. Love it, I love that. Right. So what are some other, so, so you use analogies. Do you have any other really cool analogies that you found effective in your kind of your go-to analogies? Um, I'm sure, I, what's crazy is, is I was like, you know, in many different 
products. I just tied that same shoe analogy. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's like, somehow you can like, yeah, tie you it can in. twist that. Um, sometimes like I'll use a mechanic. They appreciate quality tools because that's what they do. Well, you, you don't need to be a chef, but you cook almost every single day. So you, wouldn't it make sense to have some quality tools in the kitchen that makes the cutting and cooking experience more enjoyable? And obviously, yes, you know, and so you, you go that route. Um, you can use like, you know, if you're working with just the wife and it's like, oh, I need to talk to the husband or, you know, you, I use sometimes golfing. It's like he has a set of golf clubs. How often does he use those? Once a month if you're lucky, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So he spent however much, $500,000 on a set of golf clubs, maybe more. Might as well invest into something that you could actually get a better, you know, use out of. Every day. Yeah, exactly. So just tying something that the customer can relate to. Yep. Right. And then, and then uh, circling back to the objection of like one piece, the other direction you can go with that is. Hold on real quick. Quick pause. Keep going. Okay. The, the other direction you can go with it is, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get you that one piece and like write up the order. Cause then when I have the credit card, right, they're now committed. Yeah, because they didn't sell them out of the sale. You, you got I got the, the sale. sale. But now that they're committed, yes. right? So one thing I learned um, from another high up rep in the company, uh, his name is Josh. He, I learned from him that regardless of how many times someone says no, once they say yes, all that means is that's when they're comfortable committing to the order. So you can start at a really high package, alarms, whatever it is, and you can drop down, drop down, drop down, right, to one piece. That just means that's where they're comfortable committing to the order, mm. right? Ooh, I like so from, from the commitment, right, do you have the discipline, as many rejections as you got that whole entire time, do you have the discipline to upserve, upsell, and explain to them, hey, you're getting this one piece, Based on what you're getting and based on what you kind of share with me, you like to do in the kitchen, we actually have a five piece special where you get a little bit more bang for your buck. And then you go through that process and then cool, they're committed to that. And it's like, hey, because you're getting five pieces, the one thing you're missing that I would recommend, Sam, is some steak knives. So we have a special that if you were to add steak, you know, and then you just baby step your way up. up. And, you know, I'm not the only one. It's not like I'm the only one that can do this, but you'll hear plenty of stories of, Reps going from like thousand, two thousand dollar sale all the way down to a couple hundred bucks. Back up to that. Back to thousand, two thousand dollars. And really, that <laughs> just so comes awesome. down to the principle of like, hey, you know, this is what I was committed. And then once they're committed, they're like, well, you know, if we can afford it, we're going to get it anyways. Might as well get it now. Might as well, right? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. There's a lot of that's that's like Jedi mind tricks. Yeah. Like, I know I'll get you back up here, but yeah, let's get you rid of it. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> instead of trying to be like, because, and you have to just know your client. It's and, coming from, and, for, it's coming from free energy versus force. Mm -hmm. Kind of yeah. like, I'll, I'll, I'll let this thing just flow how it's supposed to flow, but I'm still committed to this. Yeah. And it's like, let, I'll go your route, but we'll, we'll, we'll bring it around. Just, I trust the process. And it's kind of, it's, that reminds me of like those customers who are just like very like aggressive. They have to control the situation. Yes. And it's very easy to be like combative. And instead it's just like, cool, awesome. You're in charge. At least I'll let you think that. And I'll like, you know, and so I'll let him think he's in charge or she's in charge, but I'm still posing questions that's positioning them in a certain way that'll, based on what they respond to me, I'll be able to leverage that later. They'll be like, oh yeah, maybe you're right. And then they think it's their idea. I love that. I <laughs> love that. No, but it, it, it's, it's literally inception. Like yeah. you, you're kind of like, I'll play, I'm really controlling the fact that I'm letting you be in charge <laughs> for this time being. I'm actually driving the ship a little bit yeah. by asking the questions to make you feel in charge. Yeah. But then it's like, at the end of the day, that's how you're gonna make your decision. Totally. Because people, it's like, they, they want that, they, everybody has an ego. Right. Yep. Everybody has an ego yep. and everybody doesn't want to get sold. So then they'd say, if I like, I'm winning and you're like, I want you to win. Cause when you win, you buy like, mm -hmm. and you play the route of them. They then in turn just are like, but I you create enough value. They still want your product. Right. <laughs> you know, you can drive the ship that way. It's so true. Um, okay. So let's shift gears. Cause we only got a couple more minutes. Okay. Uh, so if you're still with us, 
Give Brandon a big like or thumbs up or share this with somebody. If you know a Cutco person, tag them. There you go. Tag a Cutco person because I think there's a there's lot of good, good stuff there. There's them, some so, yeah. good stuff right there. Yeah. Go tag a Cutco guy. Uh, so how about this? I, I, I think the other piece of Cutco that I've seen no other company do as well is referrals. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a company train, operate, run a process to get referrals as well as Cutco. So tell us kind of your referral process, and I'm sure it's always be referraling, ABFs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's tell me a little bit about okay, when you're with the customer, post customer, pre customer, like how like tell me a little bit about how you do it. So it really, I mean, this is going to vary from person to person listening to this and industry that they're yeah. in, and also just where they're at in their business, like. I'm currently at a place where like, I'm so slammed that I only like the amount of time I extra have like is so minuscule that I'm not like super actively like getting referrals all the time. But there was a time where that was like- There was a lifeblood. Yeah, I mean, that's how we train representatives from the get-go, like that's the foundation, um, which is a super powerful tool to have and know. And Well, no, but this is, this is what hit me with the cut code guy one time. He comes to me and he says, look, Imagine doing your job, but not being allowed to knock doors. Meaning, if you don't get referrals, you're out of a job. Right. Like you are literally the Different life blood. And I was like, wow, what if I start operating in solar and, and, and my business a little bit more like that? Mm-hmm. Meaning, if I couldn't knock doors, would I just be dried up? Or would I have an abundance of people to always be mining? Right. And I love that shift that this Cutco rep helped me have because... They just, they changed my paradigm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this all wrong. I can get referrals. Yeah. So, and so, pe- and people, people will hear that that are in like door to door industries and they'll be like, well, I just rather like knock doors because that's what they know and they're really good at it. But to be able to not necessarily replace what you do for referrals, but to like just add that extra revenue and that extra layer to your business can be huge for people that are in the door to door industry, I believe. Um, and so really referrals can come from a lot of different areas, whether you're like marketing, like I'll get people who just like, even this week, like two people text me or email me, Hey, I got a daughter or a friend of mine who's interested in some knives and it's like order over the phone. Right. And like that stuff can happen through like the marketing process and like valuing your customers and serving your customers and giving them good content versus just like here, I'm here to make a sale piece. I'm out. Um, so like that's one component, but like kind of, you know, reining it back a little bit, the easiest time to ask is like after, like when you built rapport with the customer, you're sitting down with them, whether it's through door to door at a show and you basically just create an environment that they feel comfortable, like giving you some of their friends and family. And, and the first step is first acknowledging that you're asking for their closest friends and families phone numbers and you're technically a stranger to them, right? And the reason why I even say that is because you'll have a different like respect and honor to the situation, knowing where they're coming from, where if you're just like, I'm here to ask and that's it. And like, you need to give me leads. It's just different. Like, so step one, acknowledge it's put yourself in the customer's shoes. It's like, what if I told you to go on my sister and she was like, well, why did you stick that dude on me? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, look at it this way. And obviously not everyone's in this situation, but imagine an 18 year old, no sales experience with knives. And you're asking for referrals to go to a house with knives, 18 years old, and to ask for a credit card number. Like, That's a good point. right. And so, and their best friend or family member, like their reputation to a certain extent is on the line. So once you can embody, you know, where the customer's coming from, there's an empathy, right? And so you talk with them in a little different language, you under, you're a little more empathetic with them and it just comes across differently. And so after you do that, like it's obviously important to build some type of rapport and connection with them. And obviously, hopefully that has happened through the course of like the sale that you made because the products, we're all representing pretty high quality products. So the product is gonna sell itself, right? That's not easy, that's not hard to like, convinced to the customer, but you got to represent yourself. Well, the only reason, the only reason why someone would not give you a referral is if they don't trust you. Yep. 
right? And so that's really what it comes down to. If you, if you get them to like the product, which isn't hard to do, you build rapport with them and you get them behind like what you're working towards, especially if like you're donating, you know, money to a certain organization or you're in a contest and you can share with them. Hey, so kind of show me an example of that. Yeah. So, um, some customer you're yeah. about to do step one and two I li- and, and let's role play a second. Cause I like where you're going with this. Okay. Well, so s- step one is just like putting yourself in the yeah. customer's shoes. So that's not really like anything language wise, but well, wait, would you ever say anything like, Hey, I mean, I get it. Like you probably get asked for referrals for a lot and it's probably scary kind of like opening that whole, like, here's my network. And what if they, um, get mad because I sick this like 18 year old punk on them. You yeah. know what I mean? I get it, man. We get that all the time. Yeah. But I promise you, like, I'll make sure I take care of them just like I took care of you. You could definitely do that. Um, I, I'm just curious. If my personal perspective, I don't do that just because I don't want to bring up something An that might not, might not even be their concern. Okay, cool. I was um, curious. So that's just for me personally. But, um, you know, I'll say something to the extent of like, hey, Sam, you're absolutely going to love your Cutco. By the way, um, and there's so many different scenarios. So normally I'm going to leverage something like they've heard of Cutco before. They have friends or family that have it, right? So I'm leveraging like, how long has your mom had it? Like 20 years, right? So you grew up with it, like it's a great product, like this is awesome, right? So you put them in a state of appreciation. A state of appreciation. Wouldn't you, or or let's say they've never heard of Cutco and they're just seeing Cutco for the first time. It's like, wouldn't you have loved to have seen and been introduced to Cutco like 20 years ago? Yeah, right? oh yeah, dude, this would've been so nice. Yeah, because then there's a need. Right? Yep. to do that and so from there it's like um, you're gonna absolutely love your Cutco one of the for me I'm working really hard towards breaking like a personal sales record for the next two weeks Sam so my goal is to sell blank amount and what you're getting right now really helps so you're a part of this like mission to like break this record so I really appreciate that one of the other things that's really important is we work solely essentially off of like recommendations and referrals so I know you mentioned, and obviously this would have been a pre-conversation yeah. I would have had. I know you mentioned that your brother and your mom both have like really bad knives, right? And so while I'm filling out this order form, why don't you go ahead and just write down a few people that you think would be, would like appreciate hearing about Cutco. And then I'll be able to give you like a little extra bonus for, for doing that. And so again, it's not necessarily the lingo. It's not necessarily the words you're saying, but it's the confidence, mm-hmm. like how you're exuding the confidence. Why don't you write down a few names? Yeah. It's a, it's more of a commanding tone versus a, can you write down maybe a couple names? Like, would you I, mind maybe would you mind if, if, yeah, super weak words, right? And I liked your, the word choice you used. You could tell it was a command tone. It was a, Hey, write down a few names while I fill out this order form. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, like they're sheep, right? But follow your command. Right. So cool. I like that. Keep going. I don't mean to cut you off. No, I, wanted yeah. to, I wanted to touch on that because I think a lot of people wouldn't have picked up on that tone he used and that psychology used there. Yep. So they, so then I write down a couple names or do you tell me, do you like, you know, what if they're like, ah, oh, I can't really think of anybody. Well, so you'll get that, right? But yeah. And so like one thing that I pride myself on is every time I get an objection, it's like, cool, how can I handle this before it comes up? Always. There's always a way to handle it. So like, oh, I can't think of anyone. Well, the whole demo leading up to this, I've asked like, have you heard of Cutco before? Do you have friends and family that have it? Like, how did you get introduced to it? Like, do you have a lot, do you entertain a lot? Do your other friends and family like have bad knives. So throughout your whole sales process, you're seeing. I'm asking questions. You're you're, yeah. you're you're almost getting to know their network. Yeah. With that, you know. And the and the best is when you're you're seeing a referral, you can say, "Aren't you so glad that you know John referred me to you, Sam?" And you kind of bandwagon off the fact and that now, they were a referral. Right. Exactly. I assume that you're going to give me referrals too, just like John gave me a referral of you. Yeah. John gave me about 15 referrals, um, but he said I needed to come see you first, just because you're an awesome guy and blah blah blah. You know, you know, you just, you can leverage certain things like that. So it's not about the words, it's right. It's about the tonality. It's about the confidence and it's about just being comfortable and explaining to them why, you know, this is valuable for them and their network. Like if they like the product, wouldn't you want to share it with your friends? Like if you go see a good movie, Aren't you going to say, tell your friends, oh, the Black Panther, that was a great movie or whatever it is, you know? Okay, let, let's, say, let's say this. 
Hey, honestly, I don't really feel comfortable referring to me now, but once I've used them for a while, then I might be able to send you somebody. Yeah. What do you do in that situation? That's a good one. Because uh, I feel like that happens a lot. It's kind of like, why well, haven't even had them yet? Why would I refer anybody yet? Yeah, I mean, most of the time, if, if you're seeing someone that's a referral anyways, they have friends or family that have it. Okay. So I really like pull that strand and that cord pretty hard of like throughout the whole pitch, especially like when I'm showing the sets, it's like, oh, well, John over here, you know, he's had this set. This is the set he started with 15 years ago. Okay. But then when I went to his house last week, we upgraded him to the complete set. So, I mean, between those two sets, which would, do you think you would get the most value and use out of over the next 20, 30 years, right? But each one, there's an attachment. So maybe the safe play for him is the small set, or maybe he wants to keep up with the Joneses, right? Yeah. And go with the larger set. And so um, I'll say something to the extent of like, so you've been to John's house, right? Yeah. Like you've had a chance to use his knives. Pretty good, right? Compared to like what you have. So again, pain associated yeah. with that. So I leverage all those things. So when it comes to the referral portion, they are, they're already believing in the product. So they can't tell me, right? They can't use the excuse of like, well, I haven't really tried them yet. It's like, yeah, you have. Or you, you have through association. Or you know people that have it. Exactly. Right? Like how many times have you, you referred a movie to somebody that yeah, you haven't seen? It's so true. <laughs> because everyone tells you they're good. So true. Right. So it's the same thing. So same psychology, right? It's just a different, you know, process. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so we gotta wrap up. If you're on this, share this. Julian, you've sold a Cutco knife before. Julian, what's uh, up, man? <laughs> what's up? We know you. He's a stud. Uh, Okay, so we, um, I honestly, I've appreciated this, but the last question I ask every podcast, it's just okay. kind of my tradition. Sure. We have one more question. So if you're watching this, hang tight. Uh, if you could give the direct sales space one piece of advice, what would it be? And if you could target it to a leader, a top rep, a first year rep, you can kind of pick the category that, that you want to pick in there. But if you had to give one piece of advice, what would it be? Um... I'm going to say this because I feel like it maybe has not been shared amongst everybody else. Ooh, secrets. Hold on to your Maybe. Sheets. We'll see. Yeah, um, yeah. You tell me. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody says that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, is to treat your word like gold. And I'm going to kind of expand Ooh, like upon okay. this. But treat your word like gold uh, first and foremost to yourself. Um. You know, being in sales, and you know this from being a leader in sales, is how many times do representatives, sales reps, or even managers, right, of any level, say they're going to go do something and then don't do it? Like, I feel like it happens consistently. Like, oh, I'm going to go do 400 counts, or I'm going to go sell, you know, $400,000 worth of Cutco for the year. And then what happens? They do 150,000. Challenge, obstacle, excuse, whatever it is. And so I really challenge everyone who's listening to this now or will be listening to this to value your word to yourself. Because if you can't value your word to yourself, Sam, how do you expect others to value your word? 100%. If you're not even going to follow through on that. And with that comes understanding and respecting your goal and fully embodying what is it actually going to take to hit this number? What challenges, what obstacles, what sacrifices are you going to have to make? And I, I think too many times do people leave that portion out when they're like goal planning. And this is like a really important portion to like sales in general is they kind of cut it out and they don't really respect the tasks that it's going to take to achieve XYZ accounts or XYZ sales. And then they fall short. And, I, and not that they can't hit it the next year, but I mean, think of your door-to-door -door con, right? However many people were there. Like, imagine if everybody who had a goal for this year was fully committed to it, fully treated it with the highest level of respect, 
fully um, understood the sacrifices, the challenges that they were going to have to take, the people they needed to circle themselves around and align themselves with to make that happen. What if they did that and everybody actually hit their goal? What if it was a community of people who always hit their goal? Like the door-to-door con, whoever's a part of that community, 6,000 people, they're known to be people who follow through on their commitments to themselves, that's awesome. to their teams. That's freaking that's, amazing. That's, okay, new hashtag, like freaking be <laughs> Do it, take like, it. I mean, it's just like, it's so true because, I mean, and I've had a lot of people that have like tripled, quadrupled their production as a company since DoorDoorCon and done some amazing things. But you know, people went in there and it was like, that was the best conference ever. And then like two weeks later, they're back on the couch eating potato chips, like thinking around. And I'm just like, man, if it didn't, I mean, that's cool. It gave you some feel good, but like, go just commit to something and do it for you. Implementation, the execution of it. And it's, it's, you know, that's great for the percentage of people, large or small that did that, but it's also like those other people, um, you know, who, who still had that opportunity there and they just didn't know capitalize on it yeah i'm calling everybody out to a higher standard like honestly like let's let's elevate this tribe to where we are the leaders in the community that say we're committed to actually living a higher standard and i just think like if we can bond together and hold each other accountable like great things happen yeah and what's great what's like really like inspiring about that mission is that that rolls over to what your personal life right and there's there's so many things that can like carry over to that it's like how can you be like highest like follow through on your word to your family your friends significant other and the standards that you want to have in place for that and like actually executing on that because everyone knows like you know having a really strong personal life um and fulfilled personal life pays dividends into your business and you know vice versa so they 100%. work together you know? 100% well dude thanks so much for being on the show this, yeah. has, been, this has been a long time in Absolutely, the making man. I love it yeah man. glad long I could time, be here long time in the making <laughs> love you guys we'll see you alright see ya